so, and this might even be funny to include in the show. I don't know. So I had a minor uh, mishap just as I was getting ready to record where the, um, my headphones, I have like the, the Sony, you know, the old school, like the MDR 7520 headphones or whatever. And they are adjustable where you can like, you know, the, um, headband can go up and down. And somehow the, um, you know, when you open your, your thumb and your, your pointer finger and there's like the skin in between that, you know, like, yes, I'm very familiar with that. Okay. So that got caught Mm -hmm. in between the, um, one part of the headphone and that little, like the, the spreader. You got pinched. Yeah. And, uh, it was very difficult to get unpinched and to get it out. And so now I have a nice uh, gash, but even my husband, like he was, he, I was fine. He was freaking out. Grant was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, okay. You know, and like you move it and it's getting even tighter. And like, I'm like, how, how am I going to get this out? And then like the longer it's on, you know, you're like, Oh my God. Like it was a whole thing. Um, have you ever gotten a fish hook through that part of your hand? No, I haven't. Uh, uh, thankfully, have you? Yes, that that'll freak whoever you're with. That'll freak them out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I bet that hurts like, like a son of a bitch. It does. The scariest part is you can't pull it back through, and unless you have a pair of like wire clippers on you, which really you should when you're fishing or playing yeah, with fish hooks in general. But yeah, I think we've already started recording. Yeah, I have. So, uh, hey, welcome back. Tired. <laughs> it's only been a couple weeks. It really has. See, we actually kind of stayed on schedule. This is for most podcasts. This would be doing it like two days in a row. Yeah, exactly. This this would be the equivalent of for for most podcasts. But since we are not, um, we're just excited to be here. We we are not most podcasts. We're not most podcasts. We are some podcasts. I feel like there's a plethora of like just two white people talking podcasts. Yeah. And probably some that swear way more than we do. I don't think we're super special. No. But I think I think we're special though. I mean, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I think it's amazing that we've lasted as long as we have, given both of our pensions for not sticking with things like this. So I, I've been thinking about this lately. I I don't know if it's just part of like straight white male privilege or not, but I honest I think I'm fucking awesome. I I have like <laughs> no I, I I have my insecurities, but I can look in the mirror and be like, dude, you rock that. You're so good. And I say these things out loud and I think people take it as me begging for affirmation. Like I need them to agree with me, but they don't understand that I just have no humility. <laughs> like I'm broke, you know, like I'm not doing great in my career. I have a lot of medi- mediocre, mediocrely successful projects, yet I still have this very high opinion of myself. And not one that makes me like throw shade. I, I'm actually very non-judgmental about other people. I just have right. this bizarrely healthy self-image. I don't know where it comes from. I think you were right when you when you says the the white male thing because I think that has to be like a white male thing because it's certainly not a white female a thing, thing. <laughs> no, um, or a female thing in general. But yeah. I mean, I think probably white women 
because of whiteness are probably more inclined to self-doubt no to to having like healthier ego Ah. no 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 (laughs) no uh trust me like uh, i mean the the plight of the white woman yeah right exactly (laughs) i mean it is a thing, but it's also like you look at you look at women of color uh, and, and and LGBT women and and you're like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> like every it, everybody has something, you know what I mean? Like there's no such thing as like the uh, you know, it's, it's not a it's not a contest to see who suffers more. But it is funny when, you know, especially like white feminism and that sort of thing. Like I, I do sometimes get mad about the immediate sometimes dismissals of even, you know, the act of speaking out or whatnot, or the immediate critiques, sometimes, you know, the dismissals of being like, oh, well, like, take the the Christine Blasey Ford stuff, like, people being like, oh, well, no one would have cared. Oh, people only care about this because it's a white woman. And that's the only reason we're talking about this. And there might be some truth in that. But I feel like it also, in some ways, diminishes the fact that it is so difficult to come forward and to speak out, regardless of what privilege you have. So I, I, I kind of go back and forth on that a little bit. But I do feel like sometimes there are like very fair critiques where it's just like, okay, like as, as white women, we should know our place and shut up and listen more. Um, I, I kind of feel like that of white people in general, but, uh, and obviously I say this is white person, but um, yeah, which is weird in and of itself. Cause I'm kind of like, like, Oh, we should shut up and listen more. And, and I'm yet I'm well, talking. Shut up and listen more is good advice for just about everybody. Because no matter who you are, someone's going to say, well, your problem's nothing compared to. Right. And that doesn't mean that anybody's problems aren't real. Exactly. Well, and, and but that's everyone the thing. could stand to just listen a little bit more. Precisely. I think you're, you're dead on. Yeah. I've learned so, to listen. I shut up a lot. I, I know it's good. Hard, it's hard to tell when I'm interrupting you while you're talking fine uh no i mean but that's important i mean and it's, it's something i have to like work on too but it is i think important to to listen more that's how we all get better i used to be offended at the suggestion that i couldn't be part of the conversation but i got over that because there's some conversations i really just can't be a part of right well and yeah. i'm glad that you know that because a lot <laughs> of people don't well no i mean i mean i i there are some conversations i can't be a part of and it's one of those things that can be difficult especially if you're an opinionated person and especially if you're someone who has above average intelligence so you want to comment on things to just know this isn't the place this isn't my time um my insights aren't helpful here yeah yeah so uh, since we're on the topic do we want to talk about kavanaugh yeah, I do. And I don't. I mean, this is the one podcast that I kind of can on Rocket. We kind of put a moratorium on it because it's just so depressing. Yeah, but, but I feel like but this we is go my there with this podcast. podcast. But we do. This is our <laughs> podcast for this sort of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I personally I, I have my own sense of outrage uh, for me, like even if you took out and for, for the record, I 100 percent believe Dr. Ford, like there is very there's no doubt in my mind that what she's saying is real because it it was clearly painful. Her testimony was credible and she had nothing to gain by doing this. So any suggestion otherwise baffles me. Um, But even taking out the sexual assault allegations, his performance in that testimony, 
from the get-go, from his prepared remarks, was 100% not Supreme Court material. Yeah, Barely even, like, local government material. It was outrageous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to no, Dr. I agree with you. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry to Kavanaugh, but he's outrageous. He's a, uh, a fucking asshole. Completely. I mean, that was the thing to me. And I was at a conference. Fortunately, I was in Orlando when it happened, so I wasn't having to watch live. And I even commented on that. And some guy, because of course it's a guy who's like, because I was like, I'm really glad I can't stream this right now or whatever. And, you know, um, I, I just kind of made that, that offhanded comment. And he was like, well, you can tweet. You know, I can stream, you know, C-SPAN. So can you. And I was like, dude. I'm at a conference for work. No, I actually can't. Yeah, I can tweet, but I'm not in a position when I'm doing lots of live interviews and lots of things that are wholly unrelated to be like, well, yeah, let's just hold on a second while I while I watch this with my on my phone. Let me just do that in the middle of a business conference. Like, fuck off. To be fair, first of all. to be fair, there were a lot of places where work did did stop for people to watch that. Yes. I agree. And that's great. And when you have that opportunity, that's awesome. And I worked um, a place where we took advantage of the day without women, where we all didn't go to work. Um, and um, if they were going to do that again or whatever, like I didn't do it at Microsoft, we didn't do it. But, uh, you know, if, if there were another um, big concentrated effort, um, I bet a lot of us would probably take part in this instance. That was not that's not something I could do. Like I, I 100 percent believe you. Well, I know. I'm just saying also, it's just not one of those issues like I, I cared about it, but it was a whole it was a lot of testimony over the course of a lot of days. And it's like I've been hired to do a job and I'm at an event like I'm not not doing. You know what I mean? It like, wasn't hard to catch back up when when you did have time. Exactly. And also, frankly, <laughs> if I'm be, and, and if I'm being honest, I didn't want to have to watch. I didn't want to take part of it. The whole thing was so depressing and brought up so many personal things sure. and was just really upsetting. I didn't want to have to focus on that. It was nice to not have to, frankly. Even, so, even with what I assume is a smaller social circle than yours, like the amount of pain that that day of testimony brought up was palpable. Everywhere absolutely. I went, everyone was absolutely. hurting. No, it was. And it was, I mean, it was, it, frankly, it was nice to ha to get to kind of ignore it and like hide a little bit. Sure. Um, because yeah, it, it does bring up a lot of things. And, and then the attacks, uh, the incessant attacks on Dr. Ford and on, on other women and on other survivors, um, completely reinforces why people don't tell their own stories. Right. Like it, it 1000% <laughs> reinforces it. Um, and you know, I, I can't go on Facebook because I see stuff from some of my relatives and things. And I just, you know, I don't want to partake because I don't owe them anything. Frankly, yeah. I don't owe them my story. I don't owe them any information. But I also, like, don't – I don't owe them even engaging, you know? Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're not worth it. Um, but it's, just, it's disappointing. It's depressing to see – how this kind of narrative comes out. And then you see this guy who's just this angry, just like completely like I've never, I mean, we kept kind of comparing a lot of people kept kind of comparing things to, to Clarence Thomas. And, and I was obviously really little when that happened. I remember parts of it, but I don't, you know, I didn't know the whole thing. Um, and, and I certainly didn't watch this stuff. And I've gone back and watched some of those hearings and look, he was, angry and did not and, and vehement in his denials but even clarence thomas wasn't as like enraged and angry and partisan. as kavanaugh was right as kavanaugh was 
uh, and and what's what's interesting is that in the wake of the Me Too stuff, I think people have even said, and and I I was probably one of the I don't think I ever said it out loud, but I certainly thought I was like, oh, you know, the Anita Hill thing never would happen today, but we found out that absolutely it would, yeah, and it did. Um, and and it's it's uh it was actually interesting because she spoke at Grace Hopper, which was happening that same week and they'd obviously planned that well in advance and didn't realize that this was going to happen but she spoke at grace hopper and unfortunately it wasn't recorded but the it was you know um uh, the comments were you know it, it was widely reported on and whatnot and and i'm sure a transcript of something appears and um that's amazing but just the fact that you know 25 years later you know yeah. this this moment that a lot of people look back on and it's kind of accepted injustice. I mean, it was some one of the questions that, or more than twenty five years later, I guess it was ninety one, I guess when he was appointed. You know, because I remember Bill Clinton was asked by MTV News um, if he believed in Anita Hill, and he said he did. Like, and this was when he was running for president. Yeah. Uh, which at the time was actually, I mean, look for all of his many faults, that was a a pretty uh, ballsy and and progressive statement as a candidate for the United States to say that. Yeah, to come forward and say, I believe her. But uh, uh, Clarence was a Republican appoint or uh, yes, nominee, he was a Bush appointee. Right? Yeah. yeah, he was a Bush appointee. Yeah, but still, like he's at this point, he's already been confirmed. He's on the Supreme Court. Yeah, you know? I I would just be I would be curious if he would have believed an accusation against a liberally appointed justice. That's a very good question. That's actually a very good question. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, given the way he fought, you know, uh, his own knowingly truthful allegations by, you know, well, not allegations, but the, you know, the incidents with Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. But also knowing how he fought the actual allegations by, by other people like Paula Jones. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know. It's hard to say uh, brave or ballsy uh, with the, all of the comparisons to be made. Maybe brave is the wrong word. Ballsy, certainly. Sure. And 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 frankly, ballsy because even when that happened, there were allegations, there were whisperings about him. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It wasn't as if it was a secret. It wasn't as if it was you know this this thing that came up. I mean, they they uh, Jennifer Flowers, who was already known, but like it was very public. His, you know, stuff. Philandering. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think even the Paula Jones accusations, I think they even came up during the election. Yeah, I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember the election. I'm not that old. No, I'm not either, but I <laughs> I know <remember>. you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, like, parts of those things. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. So, and ultimately, it didn't matter. Colin's speech was a travesty. Yep. Uh, Nobody cared. That was the takeaway. Yep. We'll listen to all of your stories and then just do what we were going to do anyway. We'll listen to all of your stories. We will let you ruin your life. We will let you literally now be, you know, put yourself up for an eternity of harassment. Um, And uh, we will do nothing. And I hope you've all learned your lesson this time. Yep. Which is... You know, this is why people don't come forward. They didn't. The, 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 the Republicans did not learn that lesson. No. They will continue not. to ask, well, why didn't you come forward? If it was so bad, why right. didn't you say something? And it's like, cause why do you think? <laughs> because anytime anyone Exhibit does. A. Exactly. And even when people. And look, I mean, 
they will go into the skeletons in your closet and whatnot. And she was, what was, what was, what was interesting about her, uh, is that they couldn't, she was in many ways the perfect, um, person to kind of, she was very difficult for them to criticize. Not that they didn't and not that they didn't ultimately not believe her, but she had a professional background. She had a pedigree. She had all these things she wasn't some, you know, somebody they could write off as a kook. They, I, it's, it still didn't matter. Yeah. But they couldn't, they couldn't do the typical thing, which is usually they dismiss people and look into their past and say, oh, this person has a, you know, drug user or has been accused of this or that. Or they're a porn star, you know, and, and, and say, oh, you know, they have these things in their background that we're going to immediately um, dismiss anything they've said because we disagree with some moral part of something that we view as immoral, even even if it's not. Um, you know, they, they, they couldn't do that. Then they all had to kind of say, none of them were willing to come forward and say, we don't believe her. Right. Uh, even though I'm sure that's well, the case. And there's optics, you know, like right now you, you can't, they couldn't outright attack her. It would look horrible right now. Well, yeah, it would, but except. So then could. in Colin's speech, she basically said, I believe Dr. Ford. I just believe Kavanaugh more. Right. Which is it's just infuriating, but no, it's completely infuriating, and it's yeah, anyway, that was fun, uh, aside from your thumb, how's the rest of you doing health corner we got we need a theme song for health we corner do need a health corner theme song, middle health is pretty good. I messed up my feet, so I went to the beyonce jay z concert uh this week, which was amazing. It was the Before last or one after you messed up your feet. Well, I messed them up at the concert okay. because I was wearing shoes that didn't have, I guess, like enough support. And were they cute I guess though? They were super cute, and I got blisters on the middle of the soles of my feet. Middle of this—that is crazy. It sounds yep. like they had arch support, but it was poorly done. Probably, and then I don't have lots of arches to begin with, so it was a problem. And and if I wasn't wearing like thick enough socks, I think is what the real thing was. And um, one of them is still the blister is kind of intact. One of them, the blister flat out opened. Uh, and so it's very painful because like half my foot is like naked skin. That's um, horrifying. Yeah. And so I've had to walk around on tippy toes. So that happened Thursday night. Um, it was it was bad enough that I had to switch shoes with my friend. Um, and then she wore uh, my shoes back and I wore her shoes. Were her shoes uh, cute? Uh, they were cute. They were flat. So it was I should have worn flats. <laughs> Uh, my problem is wearing these little booties. They were really cute though. And they went well with my outfit. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the guy that would show up in like, uh, hiking boots if they were more comfortable. I mean, fair, but it's, it's floor seats for Beyonce and Jay-Z. So, so and we, shoes were going, are important. we were going, shoes are important. Also, uh, we were going, uh, it was, it was, um, it was four of us, three of us were together and, and Ashley got the, her tickets late. So she was actually she had better seats than us originally she was going to be in our section and then um we were in like the same floor section but she was like 10 rows in front of us so she had even better seats <sighs> but um jealous but uh and i think she paid less which jealous but um one of our, our friends mel just turned 30 and so it also was like a 30th birthday gift um which we kind of hadn't planned when we bought the tickets but it ended up being great <laughs> for that and so it was just like a big celebration we all got to um um 
Mel and um, and Allison live in um, uh, Golden, Colorado, and they flew in and got a hotel room, you know, for the for the concert, and we all got ready in their hotel, and it was drank a bunch of um, champagne and ate cheese and pizza and uh, got ready. It was great. It champagne was great. and pizza, yeah, standard prep yeah. for a Beyonce show. Honestly, no. And the four of us, we had a great time. It was really good. It was really good. Um, it was a really nice girls trip. And then it was their, It was actually the last show of the tour. So it was really good. It started late, which um, was fine. But that sucked because that meant Ashley had to leave early because she had to get home to her family. But um, the, the show was amazing. Um, other than, you know, me, my feet being, being in excruciating pain and all. Basically, yeah. And it was more after the show and then like yesterday. Which, uh, yeah, me having to kind of walk around my tiptoes, but it's fine. Um, it's better than a – so when I saw Taylor Swift the second time in New York City, I uh, also got a blister, but this time it was on my heel and not on the bottom of my feet. <laughs> and then I got on an airplane and the blister got infected, and then it turned into cellulitis, which is really gross. What is cellulitis? Uh, it's a, like a blood poisoning. It's oh, like, wow. It's like one level before gangrene. I've had it before. I wound up in the hospital on a 24 24- – our IV drip because of it. This one, though, I caught before it got to that point. Um, I went to the the doctor on campus, and I was like, yeah, I think I have cellulitis. He was like, yeah, there's no thank you do. I'm going to give you all these antibiotics and give you this cream, and we're going to watch it, and if it gets worse, then you go straight to the ER. I was like, yep, been there, done that. He was like, yep, cool. Um, think we caught it in time, whatever. But uh, anyway... Something about me in my feet in concerts, but um, it is what it is. It's It was fun nonetheless, but uh, I got a really cool bomber jacket, which was way too much money, but it's super cute from the concert, the Beyonce Jay-Z concert. And uh, yeah, there the show was amazing. It was really good. Uh, what is the average age of a Beyonce Jay-Z crowd these days? Uh, I don't know. I would say 20s, 30s. I mean, there was yeah, all ages there. There were some right. people. Yeah, there were some people younger. I mean, there was all ages. And it was actually cool because Seattle is an extraordinarily white city. Um, and it was more like people of color faces than I like except than I've ever seen in like one place before. It was like seventy thousand people. So that was really cool. So all of them. Yeah, basically. And probably <laughs> all of them from Portland too, because they didn't come to Portland. So yeah. And a lot of people flew in from Portland and, and came from other places. But yeah, basically, yeah. It was uh Getting out of there was was fun, um, but uh, it, it was at the Seahawks Stadium, and so I don't understand why stadiums. Some of them have really good kind of Uber practices, but why, or, you know, like policies and whatnot. But a lot of them don't. And I kind of don't understand. Like I get it that probably for football games, you anticipate a lot of people are kind of tailgating, maybe, but not everyone right like i don't know you would think like the airports have gotten the the uber lift thing down right it's interesting that like the concert venues still haven't i like at, at the minneapolis airport they've banished the uber and lyft to this like you have to go through baggage claim up an elevator like four floors and there's this <laughs> dark little <laughs> it's like a it's almost an alley it feels like and it's not well lit, and that's where you stand to wait for your Uber. It's almost like you're being punished. Go stand in the corner. Go stand in the your, corner. Wait for your Uber. Right. Which is hilarious because I guarantee you that there are way more people in that little corner than there are waiting for the taxis. Uh, the night that I – because, you know, I, I am from Minnesota. So usually right. when I fly in, I either have a car parked there or someone picking me up. Sure. Um, 
So there was only one time recently that I actually was taking an Uber from the airport to a hotel, and there were only five or six people waiting in the the Uber Lyft line, and they're always more than that at the cab stand. So I don't know. Maybe it's just not as popular, or maybe it was just timing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, and Because uh, it's funny, because like Seattle, they have like a special part of I guess the the pickup area but it's it's similar to wherever like the cabs are um you just you cross kind of the parking lot and it's always way more people in the the uber lift wings because I guess wings is like a local one but I don't use them um you know the rideshare pickup thing um and they even have like it prominently on the signs like then rideshare pickup here you know so and it's interesting. Most airports I go to, you see more people in those areas uh, when they have the designated things than the cab lines. But I can I can see that depending on the timing, it might not. But that's a good segue because last time we talked, your car had been totaled. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I've seen on Facebook, you got a new car. Tell me about it. It looks great. I found an Audi uh, 2016 A3. Nice. And it... It does not have all the options, but it has enough that it feels like a spaceship to me. Like I'm used in my TT, it was basically I had a stick shift and an odometer and a tack. The gas gauge stopped working. So really it was that in my Bluetooth stereo. And that was pretty much what I worked with. And I, I like that. I like very bare bones driving. Now I have this car with it has this thing called launch control mode, which I keep talking about everywhere, but you, you turn off the electronic stabilizer, you put it into sport mode or into manual, hold down the brake for one second, and then floor the accelerator until it gets up to about 5,000 RPM. And then when you let go of the brake, it peels out, which is, it's amazing. It's like a spaceship taking off. Which furthers the spaceship analogy. Amazing. And Amazing. Automatic everything. I, I'm, I've, I've never had a car this new before. Uh, to, my TT was a 2002. And that was the newest car I'd ever owned. Um, so this, with like lights that turn on automatically when it gets dark, this is all new for me. I'm loving right. it. And yeah, and, and I assume it has the Bluetooth. Does it have um, a CarPlay or, or Android Auto or anything it, in it? It does not, but I got this clear mounts phone mount that goes between the two air vents above the above the stereo, and or above like the AC controls and below the pop up display that rises up when you start the car. So my phone goes there and uh, it's got the Bluetooth stereo and then all of the controls are down by your right hand on the console uh, between the seats and it works fine. I, CarPlay would be cool, but I, a magnetic phone mount makes me happy enough. Yeah, the no, sound I mean, system in that thing is crazy. That's awesome. And I mean, as long as you have the Bluetooth there, my mom's Mercedes, it's so frustrating. It has Bluetooth and whatnot. It has a bunch of cool stuff and it doesn't have CarPlay or whatever, but there was some sort of update or maybe there hasn't been some sort of update in any way. It used to have like regular A2DP, like, so you could play music through the, through the Bluetooth, Yeah. but now it just lets you connect the car. Like you can't actually use it to play like music from 
like you could use an aux cable, but of course, wow. modern iPhones don't have right aux. Yeah, no, that's so. Sucks. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, and I was trying to fix things, and I was like, I would immediately tear that stereo out and put a new one in. Yeah, I mean, it, but but you know, I mean, it's similar with Audi. You know, the aftermarket options um, are limited. True. If you don't want to you know void your dealer stuff or whatever well yeah but when you buy 2002 audi tt's well you yes, can rip out you have, anything you want to. yes you can but now you have a 2016 um a3 um it's a convertible yes no no it's, it's the first non-convertible i've owned in quite some time how are you how are you liking that um i feel like an adult it feels very grown up to just have a sunroof instead of a convertible I think there's this range of adulthood before like the late midlife crisis where it's okay to own a car that doesn't go top down. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, having a sunroof is really nice. I, that's what it was because you have a really nice sunroof because this photo I saw, as you can tell, <laughs> that's, that it doesn't look like a convertible, but it is a good sunroof. My sexy bikini photo? Yes, your sexy bikini photo. That was the one I was I was referring to. You're so proud of how much weight you've lost and how good your body looks, as you should be. But you're, like, really proud. Yeah. It's that whole, like, great self-image thing. I was going to say. I was like, that goes back to our first thing. I was like, you're like, but, but you should be in that case. Like, honestly. Like, you really should be. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm really proud of, of, of uh, getting my body, like, back on track, too. But, again, it's weird because just women were just, like, different. Like, the other night when we were we were getting ready – one of my friends was like, if I didn't know you and love you, I would hate you so much. And I'm like, why? I was like, cause you look like that and you still have boobs. And like, then I just, I don't, I, I feel like not self-conscious, but almost like I should apologize, you know? And it's like, and then part of me is like, no, I've, I've never taken this for granted ever. You know, I've never thought that I was better because of anything ever, you know? And, and I've gone through what it's like to not look like this and I always appreciated it even before I'm, but now I do even more so. And, but still, you know, like it's, it's a different sort of thing. Um, yeah, uh, if, I, the, the reaction, if I posted, I mean, look, some, some people would be very happy for me to post a photo like what you posted. Uh, but the comments would be very different. <laughs> um, I think that might be one of the major differences between guys and girls self-esteem is no straight man has ever told me that if you know if you weren't this i would hate you if you weren't my friend i would hate you because your your butt's so nice like that's never that right. kind of like physical comparison and jealousy isn't voiced even if it does exist and i don't know that we compare ourselves to each other as much yeah i think it's probably in some ways it's different and not to completely overgeneralize but i think this is largely true a lot of women's self-worth and value, for better or worse, is tied up in how we look. And so we value ourselves that way because society does. And so we view some of our own things based on, on that. Now, not every woman is this way, and, and certainly there are some men who are judged on that. But I think, like, as a generalization, understanding no, no one is perfect, that is more of a thing. Yeah, I where, that's you know, sure. like, and that's, that's, that's kind of the difference. Um, I personally have never had kind of that like thing where, you know, I look at somebody and I'd be like, oh, I hate this person because they, because of how they, they look or whatever. 
like if anything, you know, I might be jealous with like, oh, I wish I could look like that, but it wasn't, would never be like a, I'm angry that this person does and I don't. Um, I've never had that. But at the same time, I don't know if that's because um, I like come at it from again, kind of a, an area of relative privilege and that I've always been thin and, um, you know, uh, the, the, the year, um, uh, and a half or so, notwithstanding where I gained weight, but like largely I've, I've had, you know, like the stereotypical, like the societal, like approved way, you know, of looking. Yeah. So I haven't had like the other side of that, you know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up with, with the other thing, like sure. being reinforced. So, yeah. so I, so I'm not sure if that's why, but even when, I did gain weight and I was obviously unhappy with how I looked. It wasn't like I would look at people who looked better than me and be like, Oh, I hate them. Like that was never a thing. I will say more like a longing, like, Oh, I wish I looked like that. If I, if I'm hanging out with a better looking guy and they're also super funny and super nice, then I get angry. Cause like, that's just too much good stuff in one person. And I get, I get upset. I can work through it. And you can work through it. I can come back and be like, no, it's awesome that you've got all this going on. But I do I do have a moment where I'm like, oh, that's just not fair to the rest of us. <sighs> yeah, I yeah, I I weirdly I know I'm most people I talk to like have that. Um I for whatever reason don't. Um again, it tends to just be kind of a like that's really awesome that this person has all these great qualities in addition to this. Um I, I sometimes feel for people who have all those gifts because they're usually not taken seriously at first. I think that might be a difference, a gender difference again. Yeah, that's, that's, that's likely true. Guys, I think it's probably kind of a understood like, Oh, he's so cool, whatever. Whereas women, it's like, if she's really attractive, the inference is she's not going to be intelligent. Right. Um, and, uh, and she almost has to like prove herself like 10 times more so. Um, yeah, I guess that's fair. It's like when you see, uh, like in female comedians, the ones that are, you know, like stand out good looking, they mm -hmm. do. They, I think they have to work harder to convince an audience that they're also funny because everyone assumes that the oh, without a doubt, the the less beautiful, possibly overweight ones are going to be the funny ones because you know they grew right. up having to compompensate whatever. Like it's not, uh, it's not natural personality. Exactly. But, and then there's also sometimes the, the, the wrong assumption because it can often be the opposite. Oh, for which, sure. They were only hired because of the way they look. And it's like, no, actually, by being conventionally attractive, that probably in some ways made it harder for them to get bookings at the clubs and get through. Like, sure, it might make it easier for them to get cast on a TV show, but to actually get respect of their peers and to get good enough to, to do those things, it can actually be harder. I feel like we've really exposed the plight of good looking people here. Yeah, exactly. Because that's really what this is about. It's really the good looking people that are, are that are the victims here. Yeah. Yeah. So I had this, I got back on my meds. Excellent. Uh, like my ADHD meds. I'm back on Concerta now. That is, it's treating me well. You're not going to, you're not going to throw away your, uh, your unused I, pills ever again. I am never again throwing away meds. Um, also for, for the benefit of any of my medical professionals listening, I would never sell my drugs to a kid. There's no kid that deserves the drugs that I worked that hard to get. Oh, um, hell no. <laughs> but, um, 
I still, yeah, about a week after I got back on meds, and as far as I could tell, completely unrelated, I suddenly got tired. By like noon every day, I was so tired, I could barely function. And I was going to bed at like 7 p.m. And I'd have a few hours in the morning when I was okay, but then just fatigue would set in. And I don't know if I was sick or what, but it kept going for over a week. And then I, so I, I get nutritional, uh, it's called nutritional response testing. And it's, I'm a skeptic of all of it, but also if it works, I, I don't care. So they put me on this supplement that is made from the adrenal glands of cows. Okay. Bovine adrenal glands uh desiccated and it worked within a day like all of a sudden my adrenal functions were completely normal and i was awake when i needed to be and tired when i needed to be perfect i kind of couldn't believe that worked that's amazing that's really good and i'm i'm assuming you've had your thyroid your thyroid tested and all of that stuff i have not nor i need to get tested i need kind of an across the board test but i need to get tested for lyme some of my symptoms have been Lyme related and some people close to me. It turns out Lyme can be transmitted sexually. Really? I I don't know if that's confirmed yet, but it is it's hypothesized. So that's scary. My girlfriend has Lyme, so I need to I need to figure that out. Yeah, definitely. You want to figure that out. Um and uh yeah. That's really scary if that's an actual, um, <laughs> no, because Lyme, just because Lyme can be so serious. Yeah. Um, no, she's in rough shape right now. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing that she is so into the yoga and, and the health stuff because I know it can be really hard. Um, <laughs> no. It's hard anyway. <laughs> right. Well, no, period. But I'm just saying, like, I know that, like, if you didn't already have those tools yeah. where you knew how to maybe do things to, to you know, get better, like, mind body, you know, stuff. Yeah. You know, like, it, I mean, my 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 knowledge of Lyme disease is mostly just reading about things and, and uh, watching Yolanda on uh, Real Housewives. Um, but uh, and mostly reading things because Yolanda's <laughs> uh, stuff is it's a whole thing, but, but it can be obviously really, really debilitating. I know that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and apparently Els is, she's had it long enough that it's past the brain, brain blood barrier. I don't precisely know what that means, but so antibiotics won't cure it anymore. So she's starting a whole, um, uh, line of, treatment starting tomorrow hopefully it'll go well yeah i hope so be, be thinking good thoughts for her because that's that's rough um and and that's that's gotta suck and in some ways maybe it's more frustrating for somebody like her who is so used to being like feeling good or at least having some control over some of those things yeah to then have this thing that you don't have any control over and that's you know well do you know do you know about the mask no have we ever talked about that so we have not she developed as part of it uh chemical sensitivity to the extent where someone having used like a strong uh fabric softener and and there's clothes smell like fabric softener could trigger her starting with like dizziness and fogginess and 
working its way into all kinds of symptoms. So she had to start wearing a mask and she got, she has to wear a heavier duty one sometimes, but she got a really cute one to wear. Uh, she got it before Comic-Con, but it was awesome at Comic-Con because people kept asking her who she was going as. Um, it's a cool, like pink flowery ninja looking mask. But she does, she has to go into any situation now prepared for the possibility that there will be scents and chemicals that will trigger her in ways that other people don't have to think twice about. And that has been a, that was a huge psychological adjustment for her. The idea of going out in public wearing a mask is, it takes emotional preparation just to leave the house, I think. Oh, without a doubt. And that's got to be, I mean, yeah, she's badass for, for, for doing that and like undertaking that. Cause that, no, I can't even imagine that would be really hard. Um, especially if you're not used to that sort of thing and to have to kind of face that, you know, the, whatever social stigmas might exist, uh, whatever, like, you know, your own kind of feelings about stuff like, yeah, that's. Well, and we live in a small town where you're guaranteed to run into people who know you and then you have to repeatedly answer what's, what's with the mask. What's wrong with you? Are you okay? Right. And then unfortunately there are going to be people who you're like, oh, well, you know, certain smells or whatever they can set up my Lyme disease and they're just going to like roll their eyes and be like, okay, whatever. Uh, I think people in general are um, more, I think they're prone to believe it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking certain places like where I've lived in. Right. Uh, when, and that would certainly not be the case. We have a low ratio of assholes here. I that's mean, good. they're here, but <laughs> in general, we've surrounded ourselves with people that um, are are more likely to believe than openly be skeptical. That's good. I mean, it, there's a lot of it. Like I would roll my eyes, not visibly, but I'd be like, there's, there's, I don't even smell anything here. This can't be real. But over time I began to be able to correlate, uh, smells and my own like minor reactions to what I saw happening in her. And I, I became a believer that, she smells things I don't, and they affect her way more than they affect me. MCS, multiple chemical sensitivity, is it's a documented thing. There are people all over who suffer it. Um, talked to someone uh, over the summer who saw her mask, and she she asked, she's like, MCS? And Elle said, yeah. And this woman revealed that she was out in public for the first time in 20 years. She had been, she had had to like isolate herself and become a shut in for 20 years while she dealt with MCS. So yeah, it's real devastating. Hopefully this treatment goes really well. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Like I said, I'll be thinking good thoughts for her because yeah, that's, that sucks. Like there's nothing I can say other than that. Like that's, that's crappy. Yeah. She's still, I, my favorite thing is uh, the way that Elle thinks you, you, you know my dimspirations, right? Yeah. So Elle has a very... She has a, an amazing sense of humor, but it's very different from mine. So I can brainstorm... I'll take a, a dimspiration, a raw idea. I'll just be like, um, here's my rough idea. Uh, your funeral will be adequately attended. And, you know, like that as a poster. And she'll react to it in her way. And then we'll brainstorm it. And she's very gifted with writing and words and wit and 
I really love the most of the dimspirations you see from me. She she gets partial credit for because she refined the ideas to work for more than just people who think exactly like me, which is a limited. <laughs> most people, I, I think I think if my raw ideas were all used in dimspirations, I would offend people more or scare people more. Perhaps. But Elle's a good influence on me that way. That's really good. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was an extended health corner with a Beyonce concert in the middle. It was. I'm, I'm glad that we did it. Yeah. So what else is happening? Um, well, uh, did we talk about uh, last time? Because I know we talked about XOXO. Did we talk about how I bought a, a Windows computer? No. You got a <laughs> Surface, didn't you? No, I have a Surface for work. But I bought a Huawei MateBook X Pro, which oh, is, what? yeah, it is a total, I'm going to send you the link one second, because it is a complete and utter uh, MacBook clone, uh, <laughs> uh, like not even pretending. It is, it's called the, the, the MateBook X Pro, and it, I mean, it looks identical to a 13-inch MacBook Pro, like the trackpad, the keyboard, although the keyboard has more travel, the space gray color, like you couldn't get more of a ripoff. But it's super cheap and actually remarkably high quality. There was a service event uh, last week, and I wanted to wait to see if they were going to have, if the updated Surface laptop or the Surface Pro 6, if it had USB-C, Thunderbolt 3, um, then I would have returned the Huawei and maybe bought one of those. But uh, they didn't, and so I'm going to keep it. But it was, uh, I wasn't anticipating buying this laptop um, but, um, Owen Williams had one at XOXO and I saw his and I'd been looking at them before because it's so inexpensive. It was like 1350 before taxes for the uh, model that I got, which is, has a, a quad core i7, 16 gigs of Ram, a 512 SSD and a, uh, uh, NVIDIA graphics card. Um, and it's, you know, 3k, you know, display really beautiful, has one Thunderbolt three, one USB C and then a regular USB a port on it so it's a really solid system and it's actually well built but i saw his in person i was like oh man this is good and i was a little bit drunk and i bought it um and then i was <laughs> you drunk bought a windows I, machine I, I, I drunk bought a windows laptop exactly and then i couldn't believe it either and that everybody was like wait 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 you bought what now and i'm like yeah 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 i know i know and they're like wait no we need proof i'm like no i did it and um i'm gonna put linux on it i was hoping that it would be hackintoshable because frankly i still prefer mac os yeah. It's really, it's not a good candidate, unfortunately. If it does happen, I would still have to get an external um, Wi-Fi chip because the the, the Wi-Fi thing on board um, doesn't support, um, I guess, the Hackintoshing. But um, it's a good machine. I mean, like it's Windows, but it's a good machine. I am going to dual boot it with Linux. But uh, I've I've been remarkably kind of happy. Um, it's sort of interesting. Um, Obviously, I have my Surface book that I use at work, but I haven't personally bought a Windows computer since, like, 2002, maybe? So, yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's... I haven't bought one since 2000. Yeah, probably bought 2002. Yeah. Except I have no intention of... No, no and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> Honestly. So um, hardware wise, is it, do you like, nice. does it have any benefit over getting a MacBook price aside? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, because it's got the the integrate. It's got the the discrete graphics. Okay. So, I mean, price is obviously the big thing because even if you got the the tricked out 2018 13 inch MacBook Pro, um, the equivalent model would be like twenty two hundred dollars, and it wouldn't have the more powerful graphics. Um, so that is a benefit. I don't mind the touch screen. I think in some cases it's actually useful, especially when scrolling through stuff like web pages and things like that. I actually kind of like it. Um, I like the screen a lot. It's, it's edge to edge. Um, the downside is that the, the camera is the most bullshit thing ever. It's like this button on a keyboard where you press it and then like it comes up and it's a low quality and B the angle just like completely is up the nose. Like it's unusable, but it does have the fingerprint sensor. Excuse me. So um, I'm drinking soda. Excuse me. Excuse me again. Um, Diet Coke uh, uh, burps there. Um, but no, uh, but it has the fingerprint sensor. So it works with Windows Hello. And Windows Hello is is awesome. Like it's basically face ID if you've got one of the front facing cameras. But it's basically also touch ID if you've got the, the, the fingerprint sensor. I don't know. Like it's weird. Using Windows is weird. Um you know, like I said, I use it always for my day job sometimes, uh, using it in a like purposeful context is bizarre. Not, you know, gaming, um, aside where obviously it's superior. I don't know. Like I'm not, obviously I'm not going to switch my platforms. I'm just a Mac person, but it was an interesting exercise to get one and then to kind of play with it. And I do like having more flexible hardware, um, that I don't really have to worry about kind of babying the same way, like even dual booting, like Mac OS and like the current MacBooks with, with Linux can sometimes be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, getting Clover and things like that to work correctly. Like it used to be a lot easier than it is now. And so I kind of like that freedom, but it's weird, right? Like part of me just kind of, I wanted a toy is really what it came down to. Like I'm not switching platforms obviously, but I wanted a toy. And, and so that's fun. Um, but yeah, no, the main thing is just how cheap it was. It was so incredibly cheap. And then the, my, my main concern was like it's Huawei is a, is a Chinese company and I wasn't really worried about them putting Spyro on the laptop because it actually came with like the Windows 10 signature edition, which means like no bloatware or whatever. Right. Um, and I got it from the Microsoft store, but they don't have any like service centers in the U.S. So I did actually buy the extended warranty through the Microsoft store because how it basically works is that like, since there's no way for them to fix it, they'll just give you store credit for what you paid <laughs> and let you get another laptop. That's fair. So I was like, you know what? I have a feeling within two and it covers accidental damage too. So I was like, I have a feeling within two years, something's going to happen to this and then I can get a surface or an Xbox <laughs> or whatever, you know, but, uh, yeah, but no, but that's been interesting because I really, uh, I really like macOS uh, 10 Mojave. I really like yeah. it. I love the dark mode, and the new version of Windows 10 just came out, and it also has a dark mode. And now I've become like obsessed with apps that do not support dark mode, like Chrome, which make me irrationally angry. <laughs> well, Mark officially supports dark mode now. I so. saw that. I saw that. I was very happy to see that. Um, I, I I had made all the modifications necessary, but had not updated the toolbar icons in the preferences pane yet. Um, and they in dark mode, they were kind of dark on dark. 
and I got rejected from the app store for that. Um, I thought I would, you know, incrementally just get a couple updates out and, and patch it up. But they said that uh, violates the user experience protocols. And okay. so I, I, I made clever new icons and now it's out. But yeah, I get it. I don't like dark mode myself, but if you're going to run dark mode, it sucks when one app just doesn't play along. Totally. Yeah, no, and it's it's it's, it's interesting. I um yeah, I I can I can I can I like how it works. The one thing that is kind of frustrating is they have this cool new dynamic wallpaper in Mojave. Yeah. But they don't have like dynamic dark mode. Right. Like, yeah, which... I've actually been working with someone to try to fix that for them to create like a we don't want to pull, so it would be like a launch D process that determines time of day and then Right, whether you're in a you can Apple script dark mode. Yes, yes. And I know that there's like a um like a there are there are a number of helper apps that will let you enable disable it kind of on the fly, which is great. But there should be like a time based thing, kind of like um uh what's the the app that Apple ripped off? Um the uh, uh, yeah, I know what you're um, the, the screen app, you yeah, know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Flux, thank you. Yeah, you know, like like that. Um there is yeah. hold I I've lost the link now. So there Night Owl. Yeah. Night Owl is a command line app that you can punch in start and end times and it will automatically switch dark mode on and off for you. Yeah, yeah, I've looked at that. That one's really cool. That's really cool. Oh, actually, it has a sunrise sunset option which Ooh. is handy. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, then that's exactly what you want. Um, or that, that I might want. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's really good. Nightowl.cramser, uh, K-R-A-M-S-E-R dot X-Y-Z. Yeah. Nightowl Cramser X-Y-Z, if you're looking for it. I'll put it in the show notes. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I like that they're doing that. Um, that's 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 awesome. But yeah, um, I've become kind of obsessed with UI stuff again. It's weird because I just bought this Windows laptop and then I've been like spending all this time like with Mac software. Although... We don't have time to kind of get into it on today's show, but I would like to talk to you more in depth about this thesis that I have. And to be clear, I'm very unhappy with this, but I'm more and more coming to the belief that like the era of fully native desktop apps is over. It yeah, I, like, you're like, not like, wrong. Like like it's dead. Like as much as people bitch and moan about Electron, and look to be clear, I'm not saying Electron's great. Um, although I think like VS code is an example of a really well done electron app, uh, on the converse, I think that Skype is the example of like a not well done electron. (laughs) Um, uh, but, uh, but I think you can make really good native feeling electron apps and VS code is a perfect example of that. Um, but you know, looking at Mojave and looking at the, the, you know, iOS apps they brought over, which to me are just as bad, if not worse than most electron apps. And anybody who's like, oh, they're going to make everything better by the time, you know, the SDK comes out, you know, next year for people bringing their own shit over. That's no, they're not like this is what it's going to be. You know, you're going to have to do a lot of work the same way Electron developers need to do work to make things more native. But I just feel like the native era is over. And weirdly, that was kind of one of the things that made me want to almost play with and investigate like alternative hardware again, because if we agree that the browsers become for most people the most important app period trumping almost anything else then nerds like us are going to always have our specific apps that keep us to one platform or another 
but that demarcation is kind of going away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the idea that an electron app runs on windows, Mac and Linux, you know, same app is it, it's kind of the future, uh, cross platform portability, uh, cloud connectivity, like all of these things are just easier with non-native apps. And I, there is a, there is a time limit, uh, an expiration date, I think on fully native apps. I don't think we're there yet. No, I don't either. But we can but see it, the, the, but it's coming. Yeah. And, 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 and to be clear, I think there will always be apps that will always be fully native. Right. But by and large, like if I were a developer trying to build an app today, and I had, I was wanting to target multiple platforms. Why would I build it natively for each individual platform? Um, just because that is the, are, you know, be, because, you know, purists are going to be like, oh, that's the only way to do it. It's like the amount of investment that you have to do and then the amount of support and other stuff for, you know, benefits that are, you know, in, in some cases not huge, um, is uh, is hard. Moreover, like I mean, and you know this uh, more than I do, but like I and I blame I blame Apple on this. I blame the Mac App Store on this. But the the ability to make money selling indie apps for you know on the Mac is really fallen off. And so why would you invest all this time in, in doing the native solution if you could potentially get a larger user base? you know, yeah. by going cross-platform. Or even if you had no intention of going cross-platform, it's just easier to get up and running if you are, especially if you're already a web developer. Like, why are you wasting all this time doing this other stuff when selling your app is going to be hard, if not impossible anyway? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's not a great app store for Electron apps, though, is there? No, there's not. Like, it but... seems just as hard to get a market foothold. Yeah, you're not even wrong, but it just, but it's also, if, especially if you come from a web background anyway, you have yeah. more service area. You have more service area. Like, I have, I have no, look, would, would, would it be great if Slack were native on all platforms? Sure, but I completely understand why they're not. Most people use it in the browser, they don't use the desktop app. And, really? yeah. Huh. I don't, but most people do. And, you know, like for the amount of support issues and stuff they'd have to do in like the finagling, it's, it's not worth it sure. to them for well and i agree with that i just wish their desktop app was a little friendlier on memory uh, cpu I, mean, I agree and and it makes me kind of wonder if like the true like whatever the next gen desktop operating system is or even mobile operating systems start to take you know building for javascript in like from the ground up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're able to like natively process things and take advantage of hardware things so that you don't have those kinds of types of constraints. Yeah. Ultimately that still comes down to, I mean, JavaScript is a language that you can program very poorly for memory yes. use very easily. Without so. a doubt. But, but you know what I mean? If, if there were things where like on the back end, you know, the OS is doing a better job handling sure. some of that stuff, uh, you, a, a poorly programmed app is still going to perform poorly, but you can put in, you know, some things to make it, if, if it is properly coded, work even better and right. take up less resources. Uh, I mean, our, and I, I don't know, I kind of feel like Google has the best opportunity there if they really wanted to take, you know, Chrome OS to the next level. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It's interesting. It's just something I've been thinking a lot about because I, you know, so many people have been complaining about, uh, uh, you know, the marzipan apps, which is fair. Um, but part of me is just kind of like, 
okay, but this is going to be the future. Like, I hate to say this because it pains me, but in a year, we're going to see basically a shitload of terrible Mac OS apps flood yeah. the store. And we're also going to see a shitload of apps that had been native for Mac OS where they have an iOS counterpart where because it's, it's difficult to make money on the Mac OS side and because people don't want to split their resources are just going to be like, yep, you know what? We're just going to port it over. We have the iOS app. We can make more money on that. We get more visibility on that. We're just going to bring that over and retire the Mac OS version. Yeah. That's yeah, going to happen. Not, yeah, it is going to happen. And it's not, it's not going to be for the better for sure. No, it's not. And, but, but it, but I, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I'll, I'll, I need to write a blog post about this because it's going to make a lot of people angry when I say that, but I, it's going to happen and it's already happening, but it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's one of the reasons <laughs> I, I kind of have, again, kind of looked into other operating systems because as much as I love Mac OS, I kind of feel like a lot of the things, you know, the, the, the native desktop app era is over and it, it will be interesting to see what happens to desktop operating systems in general. Yeah. Like well, the, in the, five years. the, the era of desktop operating systems being separate from mobile operating systems is what's really uh, yeah. seeing the death knoll right now. Everything Without is kind of uh, unifying mobile devices are becoming full computers and yep. full computers are becoming mobile and that line is blurring very quickly. So it makes sense that a more universal operating system approach is happening and Apple's been, you know, heading that direction for a long time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it is to the detriment right now of native apps. Wonder if we'll see it go the other direction too. If there'll be like Marzipan for iOS, so it can run Mac apps. That would be really cool. I, I don't, don't see, see that it happening. being feasible. Me either, because I think they would have to add so much stuff to iOS for that to happen. Well, it's so much stuff that they have very intentionally left out of iOS. That's what I'm so. saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that if they did that, that would be great because you could then get a a more native not needed, but you could get like a more robust experience, especially if you're trying to sell an iPad pro as a real computer, like, okay, well then that's how you do it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. I feel like every, it's been such a, um, like specific reason that they've left things out that I don't see them bring things back in. Although, you know, series shortcuts is one of the best things that Apple's ever put into ios in my opinion the beauty and... of that story was i mean because it is it's workflow literally yes. just work workflow repackaged but because of the integrations that doing so made possible exactly every app is coming out with series shortcuts built in uh it's like automator when when apps could suddenly start making automator actions to go with them which honestly was never as well adopted as that should have been. But now on iOS, like all of my favorite apps, you can add into Siri workflows directly without, uh, without URL schemes and all of that fun. It's yeah, it's a great step for them. I'm really impressed and a little bit surprised. I'm hugely surprised because it's an amazing, um, and I agree with you the, the story is so fantastic because when they bought workflow, like I think all, a lot of us, our initial fear was, they're going to kill the product. They're going to kill third-party integration. They're going to dismantle the team. And they might take some parts of this and put it into, you know, kind of a, a, a cheapened, 
you know, uh, version, like a crippled, light version. Yeah. Cri yeah, crippled. That That's it. But crippled is the correct word, not cheapened. But like a crippled version is going to, um, more hamstrung is going to be built onto the OS. That was my fear. And, and that a was frankly one. my... Yeah. Yeah, and that was my expectation because we've seen them do that. I mean, even the original Siri was that. Uh, the original Siri was a third-party app, had a lot more capabilities. Um, you know, granted the scale was different and whatnot, but it had a lot more capabilities um, than than the the Siri that they brought out integrated with the OS. Um, but instead, they've gone the opposite way. You know, they've kept it open. They've but they, as you said, took the things that make integrating it with the OS makes it that much more powerful but still made it so that people can can do stuff. And what I love about it, it's an app that probably 95%, 98% of users will never interact with ever. Do you think like, that? Yeah. Huh. I feel like it's I been mean, made accessible enough that well, I would it, hope for a little higher adoption, right? Let me switch this. If, if, if Siri shortcuts are built into apps and people know how they can access them, they'll use them. I think that the number of people who will create their own mm. is 95 to 98 will yeah, never. Okay. That that's what I feel, uh, which is probably the same figures as you see with automator, right? Like most Mac users don't use automator yeah. um, at all. And uh, even geeky Mac users don't use automator, um, which, uh, but it's incredibly powerful. It's one of the things that makes the operating system, in my opinion, like really special. And I now I think like Siri shortcuts is one of the things that makes iOS really special. I I agree. I, it's I'm like I said I'm I'm surprised. I'm kind of I'm astounded surprised. that I'm astounded too. Yeah, same. I'm like I don't. I was not expecting that in the slightest. They 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 bought workflow and then made it better. Yeah. No, I have to huh. give them huge just for that because it is like <laughs> massively huge improvement. And, like to the point where again, like I was not expecting that. Like at all, like. Yeah. I know it's caused Federico Vitici some sleepless nights. So yes. many shortcuts to be made now. So little time. It's like, where do I start? Where do I start? Like, we got I like you. that you bought a Windows laptop, and we ended up talking about Siri on iOS. Well, yeah, because I mean, this is me. This is Obviously, like my natural progression for both of us. It, totally, but also like even when I buy a Windows laptop, as I said, it's for a toy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's because I wanted a toy. And because yeah. it's fun and, and because honestly, like the hardware was really compelling and man, I wish I could Hackintosh it. Um, that would be really ideal. I feel like at that point, y y you should just buy a Mac. I mean, I'm with you, but again, like there's something to be said about like, I don't know. What, saving a thousand dollars? Yes, exactly. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes. There is something you said about saving a thousand dollars. Thank you, because I have like I'm not I, I have a, a 2017 MacBook Pro uh, that that I have through work, and then I have my 2017 iMac 5K, and I'm going to be buying um, whatever the next iPad Pro is. And so I've looked at getting another MacBook, which I don't need, and I was like, uh, no, I don't need this. Did I tell um, you I got an iPad Pro? Yeah, yeah, you did. You got the 10 and a half, right? What's the bigger one? Oh no, you got the 12.9. Yeah, I wish I'd gotten the ten and a half. It's too yeah. big. Like I'm yeah, liking I, it. I'm impressed. With, yeah, it was very, very nice. Yeah, for me, I I couldn't with that size. I actually had the nine point seven because I got mine before the ten and a half came out. But I I wish I would have. Like I'll get whatever the small one is when they presumably announce new iPads. Yeah. Uh, later this month. Noted for the future. I'm not going to send this one back and get a smaller one. But from now on. 
Like I used to always want the 17 inch MacBook Pros. And now that I've had 11 inch Airs that I loved and 15 inch yep. MacBook Pros, I, I'm kind of deciding to trim back my form factors in general. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller, smaller is better. The iPad mini was actually a great size. It was. Um, I was never a huge fan. Grant loved it. Um, but like as soon as they released the six plus the iPad mini was dead. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because there was no reason, like, honestly, you know, it became one of those things is like, what are you doing? You know, and, and now, especially the, the phone size is so close. Like I, I got the 10 S max and it's huge. I've gotten used to it because it's the same physical size as a plus, but it's all screen. And it's like that screen is not that much smaller than an iPad mini, you know right. I mean? It's still smaller, but it's not that, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. like no reason, like it was just, it, it, it's a weird thing, but yeah, no, I, that was a good size. But ultimately Steve jobs was right when he called seven inch tablets tweeners because yeah. that's exactly what they were. Now that doesn't mean that they couldn't be valuable for people. Right. But like, yeah. Yeah. No, we, we've hit a, we've hit a point in phones where the, the tweeners are no longer a salient option. Totally. Our, our phones are big. Our iPads are big. Everything's big while still being small. What's, what's happened to the world? Exactly. I'm so old. Yeah. I honestly, we've said it before, but I, I'll never forget my first Razer flip phone. That I was loved a it. sexy little phone. That was the best phone. Like that and my Nokia uh, 8290, which was like a little tiny candy bar phone they had in Charlie's Angels. And I love that phone <laughs> so much. Uh, that was like one of my favorite phones of all time. Um, I love that phone and I love my Razer flip phone. The Razer, I still think, is probably one of the most iconic designs like ever. Yeah. Like I think that, that that design still holds up amazingly today. It was a sexy phone. It was. It was. Well... I, I, because we had a, a glitch in the middle when my, I'll admit non-electron copy of Skype because I downgraded when it started crashing on me. I don't know how long we've been recording. It's been over an hour. So we are good to stop. I think we made our quota. We made our quota and this was a good show. It, it was definitely more energetic yes. than our, our last one. Yes, which I apologize for because that was my fault, one thousand percent. Yeah, poor Quinn, right? That. Yes. Yes, poor Nazi Quinn. Labs. Oh, he did a great video on Siri shortcuts. Oh yeah. Yeah. I should look that up and add it to the show notes. Oh, making a note. Siri. On my loud keyboard. On your loud keyboard, I love it so um, much. Yeah, I, did, I haven't had a drink since July. That's awesome. How do you feel? I feel like my podcasts are consistently more boring to me. They're probably Fair. more coherent to everybody else, but it's more tedious to podcast sober. Oh, well, I'll get yeah. over it. I got over drinking. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. Well, it, good to talk to you. Great talking to you as well. I hope your blisters and various pinches and ailments all heal quickly. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And also that you get some sleep. Yes, right. You, you get some sleep as well. The system is going down low.